Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today we're going to talk about sexual pleasure and pleasure in general. And we're going to talk about how pleasure can serve as a pathway to sexual liberation. It's interesting that I didn't know how disconnected I was with experiencing pleasure on day-to-day life until I did this survey that was part of the book. So I'm part of a book club with another therapist. And we were reading this book around January about what to do to have the best year of your life. It was, uh, the book was written by Michael Hyatt and he, he has this assessment in the book and you can take it and you can see where you are in different areas of your life. And my mentality was, okay, I need to focus more on my business. I want to do so many great things in professional life and financially, I want to be successful. And that was my sole purpose of uh, reading this book and also taking the assessment. So assessment was very interesting. So it had three components or it has three components. You you have a circle of being, which is your spiritual, intellectual, emotional, physical health. There's a circle of relating, which is relationship with, uh, with your significant other, parental, social and the circle of doing. So vocational thing, vocational things and financial things that you're doing. It was mind blowing for me to see that actually I was scoring really high on circle of doing. I scored eight or nine, depending on the category. I was okay in circle of relating. The score on circle of being was ridiculous. So I score three or four on those kind of emotional kind of things or uh, intellectual things. And it talks about kind of really talks about really kind of like how how often you're experiencing pleasure in your daily life and what are some of the things that you have in your life as far as fun and adventure. And this was really shocking for me because I'm someone that I value pleasure. I remember like during my childhood, I loved reading. I I love doing kind of fun play activities. And when I was older, I loved experiencing sexual pleasure and I still do. And thank God for sexual pleasure because that's the only pleasure that I had until I really checked in with myself uh, this year. And then I decided to, okay, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to make sure I'm incorporating more pleasure and uh, like improve my score on circle of being. So I've been scheduling things in my calendar and doing things that would help me to score better on circle of being. And already it has been transformative for my mood, for my relationship. And also it makes me a better clinician because when you're happier, you're showing up so much more in tune and present in your session. So as far as our presenter today, I attended her presentation. She was a keynote speaker at ASAC conference, which is a conference for the sex therapist, sex educator. And she was talking about importance of experiencing pleasure. And I was like shocked at how relevant this was to my life and the goal I had for this year. And she's such a wonderful, uh, lively, informative presenter. So her name is Delisha Sa. She's a sexuality educator, professor, writer, and speaker. 
Through her work, words and work, Delisha facilitates space for people to connect deeper with their desire for their body, relationships, life, and our world. Delisha is a co-founder of Afrosexology, a pleasure-based sex education platform that creates educational content and workshops to center the pleasure, empowerment, and liberation of Black people. Delisha is a lecturer professor at Brown School of Social Work at Washington University in St. Louis, where she teaches graduate-level courses in social theory, social justice, and social education. She also is sought-after facilitator and keynote speaker for conferences and events related to social justice and or sexuality. She has wrote and featured in so many different articles and you can read the full bio and I summarize it, but she has so many accolades and wonderful things that she does. So definitely check the show notes for the entire bio. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Delisha Sa. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Delicia Sa in our show. Delicia, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I am so, I was looking forward to this conversation the past couple of weeks. I was sharing with you and our listeners in the, bio, in the introduction that I, how much I loved the presentation you gave at ASAC. And I was, I was telling you that I, I, I felt, oh my God, is she talking to me? <laughs> this is one of the goals that I had for this year to experience more pleasure because yeah. as I was going through kind of like my life experiences, progresses I made in life, I noticed that the area that I'm really struggling with is having more pleasure. And I know that yeah. was the focus of the a conversation you had. Yeah. Yeah. Know that you're not alone. <laughs> a lot of us are on that journey as well. Right. I think in our culture, it's just this pressure of kind of perfecting, driving, doing, and working, and no focus on pleasure. So I'm yeah. so glad that you are bringing awareness to this. So let us talk about what are some of the internal and external oppressive challenges that gets in the way of people experiencing pleasure? Yeah, and I, I love what you just said, that like culture is around doing so much, doing so much, doing so much. And I think when we take a step back and we realize that we live in, you know, we live in a, in a capitalistic society as a part of like li- living in, especially like the States, that we live in a capitalist society where we're constantly getting messages from the time when they were really young about like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Who do you want to be? Like, and there's a lot of stuff around like your career driven and feeling like we have to be constantly working and doing and producing and being productive. And this is not a new concept. This, is, this was like Karl Marx's like critique of capitalism is that it doesn't leave room for leisure. It doesn't leave mm-hmm. room for, for the feel-good moments, for the pleasure, that when we're constantly understanding our value, our worth, our purpose as how are we contributing to the productivity of society, it makes us feel really disconnected from leisure. Right. So even the way that we say like guilty pleasure, I hate that we say guilty pleasure. (laughs) Why do you feel guilty about the pleasure? Why can we not have pleasure pride? But it's such a common thing to be like, oh my gosh, I like took a day to myself and I feel so bad about it. And we're constantly like in our heads around like, this is not productive. This is not a good use of time. And as someone who's been working more around just centering pleasure, I have realized that internally it is really hard. It is so hard for me to do this. Like 
recently I've been trying to like get some of my old like childhood favorite games back into my life and I used to love puzzles so I brought a puzzle and I was sitting down to do the puzzle and it was so hard for me to just sit there for an hour and do the puzzle like I had like the first times I was doing it I was like well I'll listen to a podcast while I'm doing it or I'll talk to my friend while I'm doing it or I'll have a meeting while I'm doing it like I had to do something else to make it feel like it was a productive use of my time mm -hmm. like sitting here and doing this puzzle did not feel productive to me and it was and that inner dialogue let me know that I was like oh my gosh this like society has worked in me that mm -hmm. I have really felt like I'm not having a, a good day if it's not productive mm -hmm. if I'm not do if I can't say what does this mean at the end of the day and that has meant that there are things like there's interests that I have like I love pottery mm -hmm. I, I love pottery since I was little I've never taken pottery classes I recently took a pottery class and the first thought I had it was like how can I make money off of this <laughs> I was like, Delicia dishes coming soon. And then I was like, <laughs> I had to take a step back and be like, it's okay to do something just for fun. It doesn't have to be going somewhere. It doesn't have to be do going to an end goal that's going to make me money or going to be seen as like, oh, this was a valuable thing to do because it has this end result that is productive. Mm -hmm. And so that mentality and those messages, we are getting all over the world from media, from family, from friends that like, we're supposed to be doing that. And so it feels really it's really hard to say, like, I'm going to sit down and just masturbate today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and explore my body. I'm just going to sit on this couch naked and listen to things that make me feel good. Like, it's really hard to do that because that feels mm -hmm. like if I can't sit down and, like, do a puzzle, like, oh. it really feels guilty. It really feels hard to sit down and be like, I'm just going to explore myself sexually. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and so there's just so many messages that we get around that. And the other part of it is that we have been like we've been receiving messages since we were little that we're not from media from peers from communities that we're not good enough right that we that we have to like make up and do all these things so that we can be enough so we we we're not smart enough we're not pretty enough we're not thin enough we're not tall enough we're not rich enough all of these things that this model is also a part of capitalism right like this messages that we get that like there's something inherently wrong with us. And guess who has the answer to our problems? <laughs> the market. They're, they have the product that's going to make us have less wrinkles. They have the thing that's going to make us skinnier. They have the thing that's going to make us richer. That's going to make us look more successful. And the, the, we get into this cycle of perpetuating this like not enoughness, right? That we're not enough. And so it, it gets really hard to feel like I can do this thing that makes me feel really good because we're so caught up in like, trying to be the standard that society has set for us mm -hmm. instead of just being like actually this thing just feels really good to me and I want to do it and all of all those messages impact our relationship to pleasure who uh, do we feel like we deserve pleasure do we feel like we can take time for pleasure do we feel like we can center our pleasure all of that is a part of the ways we've been socialized no matter if we're talking about gender right and how like people who are socialized to be women have been conditioned to think that their pleasure is for our presumed hetero male partner right mm -hmm. there's just so many messages that we're getting and so all of this stuff is connected i could talk about all this forever <laughs> so i don't want to keep going on my tangent but yeah those are some of the things that impact us and so their messages are coming externally and a lot of times they because they're just coming constantly constantly and constantly they become internalized and they become our norms and we if we're not aware of them then we end up cutting ourselves off from our bodies, from our desires to, in order to do things that feel like for other people, it looks worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm with you about that. Kind of like you, you shared with us about selling the dishes. It's funny yeah. that after your presentation, I, I made the commitment to myself that one of my childhood activity that I loved was riding my bike. 
I was just like leisurely riding my bike. I was like, oh, I can do this. Little I know, like a week later, I had this apps on like tracking my miles. <laughs> Trying yes. to cover more mileage. Yes. Turned to this like crazy uh, frenzy. I was like, oh my God, this is anti-pleasure. And it's just yes. so programmed in us. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. I, I can completely relate to that. I feel like that's like the common experience that like we, and, and because it's, it's so common that like so many of us have just learned that like, we have to have this like ridiculous end goal for this thing that just makes us feel good. And the goal can just be like, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And so like Audre Lorde has this great, in the use of the erotic, which is one of my favorite essays, and oh. she talks about the power of the erotic. She talks about how, you know, living in oppressive societies are or the society we live in is constantly asking us, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And our erotic asks us to ask ourselves, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? How are we feeling? And so if we tune into that feeling, then it's like, actually, I feel really good riding my bike right now. And that is the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not about the miles. It's not about how far I got. It's not about how long. It's like, it's like, how did it make me feel? It made me feel good. And that is the goal. And I think we live in a society that emphasizes doing over feeling. Mm-hmm. And so pleasure and eroticism is really getting us back to like, what are the things that make us feel like our authentic, full, loving, erotic, curious, playful selves? And how can we just do more of that? Right, right. And I think the other piece of it is like the focus that people have that I have to earn this. So I see yeah. my colleague that like, I've seen so many clients, I'm in the verge of burnt out. So now I yeah. earn the kind of this indulging in this pleasurable activity yes. versus thinking as a human being, we deserve to experience yeah. pleasure. Yes, yes. And that is a part of that message of like not enoughness. Like you have mm-hmm. to do something to be seen as enough. But when you really get to the point of like, or you get to the base that you're like, I am enough. And just like exactly as I am, mm-hmm. I deserve all of it. And like it really shifts your focus, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I've been, the thing that I've been looking at, honestly, for inspiration around like pleasure and abundance is like nature. Like I look at nature and I'm just like, nature is so playful <laughs> like, uh-huh. like like seriously like there could have they could have just whoever whatever whatever elements created nature could have just been like all trees are going to look like this all flowers are going to look like this and we're <laughs> done this is the most efficient process but instead it was like i want this flower to have this color and this other color and this shape and i want this and i want this and it's so playful and to see the abundance of creativity and playfulness mm-hmm. in nature and that nature is not set up to be like, this is the most efficient use of my time. It, mm-hmm. it is super creative that I'm like, okay, when it comes to my life, like what playfulness do I want? What creativity do I want? What just feels good? And not, not thinking about efficiency, not thinking of pr- uh, productivity, thinking about like abundance and recognizing that like there is an abundance of pleasure that we have available to us mm-hmm. and we can tap into at any time and we don't have to do anything to earn it or deserve it or feel it like we're worthy of it, that we are just as we are. Mm-hmm. And one way that it shows up sexually, exactly what you mentioned, that I, at least in the clients that I see in my office, they're coming in, they're saying that, oh, I, I want to have like sex. So my part, it's, it's important for my marriage mm-hmm. or for my relationship. And my yeah. pleasure belongs to their relationship. And they're oh. just so disconnected on how yeah. it feels in their body, how beneficial it is for them. And I think ironically, that hurts the quality of like sexual uh, experiences they have yeah. with their partners. Yeah, yeah. So like one of the stories I shared during the eighth talk was like how I didn't bring myself to orgasm uh, via masturbating until I was like in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And 
it was like a life-changing experience because before then, like everyone from my friends to my family to media as someone who identified and was socialized as a woman, everyone was telling me that like sex was not really pleasurable for me, that it was for my partner. It was for the, my presumed hetero male partner that like it was about making him happy that like if I didn't give him what he needed he was gonna go somewhere else Mm -hmm. that like it was about when did he orgasm it was about all like that like that men are the ones who are sexual and that I as a woman am not and so what I and I think about like even the messages that I believed around like my pleasure I was just like oh well I like I thought masturbation was like fake sex because it didn't involve (laughs) somebody with a penis or somebody else you know like I didn't value my own like I didn't understand that my most important sexual relationship was going to be the one to myself like I didn't know that and so when I finally brought myself to orgasm I was like oh my gosh I can do this for myself I don't need to do this like I don't have to wait for anybody else to make me feel good Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait for or depend on anybody else to bring me pleasure which so many of my friends it was like if we didn't orgasm it was like oh they didn't do it right and I was like and all, it was always like putting our pleasure, our power, all of that in the hands of somebody else and leaving mm-hmm. it up to them, right? But once I learned that I could do this by myself, for myself, by myself, it was just so, it was so powerful to know that like my pleasure is important. I can do this just for me. I don't need to depend on somebody else. I don't have to put up with bad sex because like I want or whatever. And it just, it made me so much more empowered to know myself and to know what I'm not going to tolerate and to know what I want to know what I want. And so it makes, when people are saying like, I want to have sex for this person, unless there's someone who is like identifies as asexual or has a low sex drive and are just like, this is important for my partner and I'm willing to do it. I think it's because a lot of us haven't been taught that like we deserve pleasure and that we can like have good sexual experiences with ourselves. We can demand what we want in sex. We can ask for what we want in sex. Our pleasure is important in our sexual relationships that like creating mutual pleasure is a part of sex. A lot of us have not been told that mm-hmm. ever, ever. Right. And it's just so unfortunate when I hear from my friends and from my clients when they talk about masturbation as a form of less than partner yeah. sex. So it's yeah. a placeholder until you, you, yeah. you're having sex with someone else. And I, and I think it, to me, it can be an absolutely different experience in a sense that you're giving the pleasure to yourself, yeah. you are taking care of yourself. And it's just... I think it can be very powerful part of self-care for everyone. It is so powerful. <laughs> I, I, and I, you know, so like I, I think a lot of us who have been taught to masturbate or who, a lot of us who masturbate when we were younger or like at home, we learn to masturbate in ways that were really like sneaky. Like we were hiding it. We were trying to be quiet. We didn't want people to find out, you know, like you don't want your roommate to hear. And so there's this like way that we, a lot of us have been, conditioned to thinking on masturbation but we don't think about it the way that we think about sex of other people like all the time I'm asking people I'm like do you romance yourself Mm -hmm. do you fuck yourself right like the way the things that you would do for somebody else like you're gonna put on a sexy outfit you're gonna put on the music you're gonna put on your makeup your heels you're gonna do a little sexy dance like all the things you would do for someone else we have a really hard time doing it for ourselves Mm-hmm. And that is connected to like us not centering our pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Because we think that like it's okay for us to like do all of this for someone else. It's okay for us to show up for our friends. It's okay for us to do something because our boss asks us. It's okay for us to do something because like this person wants it. But it's not okay that we want it for ourselves. And mm-hmm. so learning to like really put on a masturbation show for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, is one of the, the one of the, the models and the practices of learning to like do something because it makes you feel good and because you are important enough 
to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I and then I really liked it when you talked about how it's at times rooted in the shame that people experience yeah. masturbating as a kid. Yeah. I had this client like many years ago, we talked about like he's, he had issues around sex and, and I asked him, where do you masturbate? Like an, as an adult male, so like yeah. you know, in my bathroom and I want to get over it, over yeah. with it because just like, you know, I, that's how I always done it. And we talked about him kind of like celebrating it, doing it in his room, kind yeah. of like touching like other part of his body first. And that yeah. was transformative for him. Yes. As you said, many people, even if they realize they can masturbate, they learn to do it sneaky way and they have guilt yeah. around it or they just don't celebrate it as a way yeah. that they should, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it can be so much fun to be able to say like, you know what, I'm going to grab a feather. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to have one. I'm going to play this music. I'm going to do all these things that I like to do for myself and then explore my body, like do a pleasure mapping on myself, mm-hmm. figure out what it is I like, figure out different positions, try different techniques, try different toys, try whatever, like, but to give yourself that time. And I think that like, which is why I think masturbation is like one of the most powerful things because it, again, it's like, it feels good. It's us learning to like prioritize and center ourselves. It's affirming that we deserve pleasure. It's affirming that we can give ourselves pleasure. We don't have to depend on anybody else for it and is learning helping us to learn about ourselves and our body so that we're better able to communicate to other people what it is that we need Mm -hmm. but so many of us have so many negative messages around it and so we don't get to enjoy that pleasure Right. And I know one of the points that you mentioned during the conversation at uh, the conference was how pleasure can be a pathway to sexual liberation. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So like going back to how we talked about all the messages that we've gotten that kind of have led us to this place of like feeling shame around our body, feeling like we don't deserve pleasure, feeling like we have to do something to earn pleasure and feeling good. I think when we begin to start centering our pleasure, we start asking ourselves, like, what do we want? And we start and we start tapping into how do things make us feel, it changes our life perspective, right? So I for me, two years ago, I had like a pretty good job. It was pretty cool, but it was like not challenging or exciting or whatever. And then I had like my passion project on the side. Right. And so I would wake up at like four in the morning, work on my passion project, and then I would have to like go to work at nine and then I would come home at like five and work on my passion project again. And then one day I just was like, the way I feel when I'm working on this passion work, why can I not feel this way all the time, right? And, and the more that I tapped into how that work made me feel, the harder it was to continue allowing my body to be in a space for eight hours a day that did not make me feel good. It just didn't make me feel like alive, right? And so learning to, to tap into that. Likewise with friends, I started being like, oh man, this friendship actually doesn't make me feel pretty good. I kind of leave feeling like guilty and shame and I feel like I shouldn't have said that and this is weird. And then I have friends that I leave and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so alive and awake and energized and creative and I feel so affirmed and loved. And I started, started being like, how can I move more towards that? And so for me, the feeling that I was tapping into was a feeling of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right? It was a feeling of like, how do I move more towards the things that make me feel the, the things, the people, the places, the experiences, that I get to be my full self, that I don't feel like I have to shrink myself, that I have to hide parts of myself, that I have to be less than, that I have to be second-guessing myself. How can I move towards that? And, and that was me centering my 
sexual like pleasure and being like, you know what, I'm actually going to leave because this is not what I want with this person and, and not feel like I have to sit there and go through it because we already started something, but being like, you're not really listening to me about what I want, so I'm, hmm. I'm going to get up and go. And like having friendships and being like, this actually isn't healthy for me. Like I, I feel like I have a lot of shame when I like end up leave hanging out with you and like ending those or putting up boundaries and doing all of that and centering pleasure led me to a place where like I could feel like 90% of my day I could be my authentic self like and to feel like I didn't have to defend myself or I didn't have to like hide parts of me that I could just be myself felt so powerful liberating because so much of my life I felt like I was too much I was like you know, I was too, I talked too much. I asked for too much. I was too intellectual. I was too artsy. I was too quirky. I was too whatever. Or I felt like I wasn't enough. Like I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't, like all of these things. Like it was always, I was constantly between spaces that made me feel like I was either too much or I wasn't enough. And so to mm-hmm. center my, to build a life where I could feel like, oh, in all these spaces, I feel enough. Mm-hmm. was so powerful and so liberating for me. And that that practice every day of being like, what do you want to feel today? It changed, it's changed the way that I dress, the kind of fabric that I buy on my clothes. Cause I'm like, I want a flowy fabric on my body. Like, all, like what kind of food do I want to eat? What kind of books do I want to read? What kind of music do I listen to? Like, it's just changed me really asking myself, like, what is it that you want? Like, mm-hmm. what is it that you want? And I think for so many of us, especially for me as someone who identifies as a dreamer, so much of my life people have told me that the things that I want is like unrealistic or mm-hmm. that I'm asking for too much. And so I've learned to like, you know, just like settle, settle for less than settle for not what I want. And so this practice of getting back to like asking myself, what do you want? And like trusting myself enough and giving myself the things that I want. Like, you know, I really want some cookies and ice cream right now. I'm going to have some cookies and ice cream right now. I really like last night I was like, I really want to go get a blanket and go lay in the park and have a glass of wine. And I did that, right? Like oh, learning to that. do that. It really created like this trust within my body. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize how long I had been ignoring my body. Like the things that my body was telling me that I desired, I ignore. And I think back to like childhood, like just being in stores and wanting to like run my hand down the aisle and like getting like a slap on the hand of like, don't do that. I feel like I've been doing that to my body. Like my body's like, oh, I want this. And I'm like, no, that's not realistic. And my body's like, oh, I actually want to eat that. I'm like, no, that's not healthy for you. Or I'm like, actually, I want to go be friends with this person. No, they're not going to like you because like I had been doing that to myself. And so really learning to hear my body, my body say like, I want this. And to be like, okay, yes, you can have it. Mm-hmm. really like created this beautiful relationship where I I just felt I felt so much more freer and powerful mm-hmm. well I, I love when you were talking about this idea of enoughness I said in my myself at times with my clients all around that we have this idea of kind of abstract idea what enough looks like and especially yeah. when it comes to sex and sexuality mm-hmm. uh, people are thinking so they don't get like good sex education so they have some mm-hmm. idea about like what enough perhaps looks like based on porn or like mm-hmm. what they've seen in media and they, yeah. they just constantly living in this state of panic and then they're trying to kind of change who they are based on that. For example, if they're not climaxing, they're not orgasming in a way that it's, it's like portrayed in the media, then it's not good enough. If their experience, their desire doesn't match that, it's not good enough. So I love that you're telling us that have to tap into to your internal sense for pleasure and use yeah. that as a map. Yeah. And it's so like, it's, I, when I started like actually just saying yes to myself more. So like one of the, my favorite tasks is like asking people like, what are 10 things that you like you love doing? And like thinking about when was the last time you did 
get it. So like you love riding bikes, right? Like thinking and when we sit down, we think about like, when was the last time I just did this, right? So just practicing saying yes to ourselves, like not even talking about sexually, just like yes to the things that you want to do. Like the book you've been wanting to read, the podcast you've been wanting to listen to, the food you've been wanting to have, like, like just learn to say yes to yourself. Mm-hmm it really created a shift in my body to my body like began to trust that like I would, I would honor it and I would listen to it. And so then it became a guide. It became a map. Like it became this, like my erotic, my inner, my, my inner voice, which I call erotic voice off of like what Audrey Lord called it. So my erotic voice has become like this compass that like points me towards the things I desire for my body, for my relationships and for my life. Mm-hmm. And it has like, and in the point of, in the way of getting pointed towards things I've desired, I've also learned the things that I despise that I was doing. Like there were so many things that I was just like doing because I thought I was supposed to because this is what mm-hmm. adults do. And I was like, this, I hate doing this. I don't enjoy it. And moving towards the things that I desire has just been so powerful. It, it has felt like a map, like an inner map that I have learned to trust and like mm-hmm. honor and listen to. And it has led me to such beautiful, beautiful work. Like I th- even when I did the talk so many people were like you speak so confidently you speak so like passionately and I'm like that's literally because like I have learned to trust myself and to trust my like body and if my body is like no this feels good I'm like okay it feels good we're doing it I'm not gonna doubt it I'm not gonna shame it I'm not gonna judge it I'm like I am trusting the things that my body is telling me that it desires and and that has led me to feeling like it just has led me to feeling very authentic and secure in myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes with kind of when you're talking about pleasure, at times, if that's something that you are trying to kind of practice, it comes with a little bit of shame. It's funny when you were talking about at a conference about what you find pleasurable. I, I have a very creative mind. I could come up with 20 things and you said like share with other people. I was sitting next to <laughs> wonderful people, but I said, I don't want to scare them off. <laughs> Yeah. Age it back. What would be a decent pleasurable thing that I can share with people? And I think we do that with ourselves all the time. Yeah. About this, this is a wonderful idea, but no, that's not okay. Maybe perhaps yes. I can experience pleasure with kind of like with food, which would be good. But again, you're still holding you back from everything that you want to do, and yeah. it's pleasurable. Yeah. And there's so many people who, who when who I think a lot of us feel that same way because we've been taught to feel shame about. Um, the things that we desire and about our bodies also thinking about like you know like especially living in the states that we live in a in a culture that has a historical relationship with christianity it's like the separation between like the body and the spirit is seeing the body as bad is seeing the body desires as bad and so for a lot of us the things that we desire we feel shame around it and i'm not even yeah and, and but then when people talk to you about it it's like i'm like that is that's that was it that was that was the thing like and this thing that we hold so much guilt and shame around to be like I just really want to, like I, I had um, this one person, we were doing a workshop around like sexual fantasy and this one person, I was like, you know, I was like, here's a chance if you want to say your sexual fantasy, you could say it. And they were so nervous and they're like, I can't say it. Like, I feel so nervous. And then they said it and they were like, I want to have sex in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, you can do that tonight. And they were like, I could never ask my partner. And this is a partner they've been married for 10 years. They have kids, their money's together. And they're like, I could never ask for that. And I was like, if you are uncomfortable asking someone that you love and that loves you and that you all have been through so much together for what you want, it makes me feel like what else in your life do you want that you're not asking for? Mm -hmm. When it comes to like career, dreams, friends, whatever, like travel, what else are you not asking for that you want? Mm-hmm. And like, and once, once they said it out loud, I think there was a like room, affirm, like a, the room gave them so much affirmation of like, that's nothing to feel ashamed about. 
Uh-huh. That's nothing to feel ashamed about. Like, I was over here, like, my sexual fantasy was having sex on the moon. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure, how can I make it happen? You know what I mean? Like, I love the moon. I was like, I just want to have sex on the moon. Like, but I was like, you could actually make yours happen, like, today. And, like, it made me so sad that, like, that she felt all this guilt and that she felt like if she had said it to her partner, someone who I feel like probably knows me better than most people, that she would be rejected. That she would, and so I think as we even start to name it and say it out loud, and people are like, "Oh, that's really cool." That we learn to like be like, "I don't have to feel shame about this. Mm-hmm. I can just like say it." And then I'm also giving other people permission to say what they desire. Right, right. And I think big part of it is from our fear of outing ourselves uh, because I, I yeah. like at a conference, I could like with sex therapists, you can say pretty much everything or anything, <laughs> and yeah. they're going to be accepting. So it's yeah. it's interesting that our mind tells us this story of, "Oh God, this is." this what you have in mind is so bad that people yeah. will talk. So I know many of my listeners have issues I can, I can imagine with experiencing sexual pleasure, letting themselves yeah. experiencing pleasure for the sake of pleasure. So what are some of the tips that you have for us we can, that would help us to step in this path today? Yeah, yeah. So my favorite suggestion in the place that like I typically start my day is like, tapping it's like learning to start living sensually so tapping into your senses it's your five senses right and so the, whatever senses you have access to so sight touch hearing feeling smell mm-hmm. and sorry starting to ask yourself like what things feel good to my senses right and so once i i learned that like i like essential oil so i got a diffuser and i would like start off my day with like jasmine you know and mm-hmm. and learning like what music I want, like creating, curating playlists for me to, for different moods that I have. And all of that was important because we navigate so much of our day turned off from our body and then we expect to turn on when it comes to sex. Mm-hmm. But you've been ignoring your body all day, all day. You go, go to work, you wake up, you're just like, uh. people wake up and they're just like, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> and they're like at work and they're just like, I want to go home. And like our body is just like so like disengaged and then it comes to sex that we think that we're just going to automatically turn on mm-hmm. and our body's going to be ready to like engage when it's like you've been ignoring me all day mm-hmm. it's like learning how to talk or tune into your senses is like what can you do throughout your entire day to engage your body mm-hmm. so whether that's listening to music or you're like i'm going to take this furry thing to my office because i like the way it feels or i'm going to get a diffuser or i'm going to like Light, I, li- I love lighting candles, like mm-hmm. fire feels really erotic for me. Like these, these things are so small, but it, it gives our body like a little bit of signal of like, I'm listening to you, I'm honoring you, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want? What do you need? And that makes it so much easier to like, when you, were, when you learn to like stay turned on all day, and I'm not even talking about turned on sexually, but turned on, like connected to your mm-hmm. body, it's so much easier to be like, oh, now we're going to turn on sexually mm. and to make that transition. So those are, that's one way I love to start. And then I think, again, going back to like the learning to say yes to ourselves more. And so just like sitting down and making a list of like, what are 10 things that you love doing? And like, how can you say yes to yourself more about those things to do those things, things eat or like things you want to, you want to do, people you want to be around, places you want to go. Like, how can you just like say yes to those things more? And then I think, I mean, we talked about the power of masturbation, so I hope you will feel inspired to masturbate more. <laughs> and like, but like creating, creating like a pleasure moment for yourself and like not saying like I have 10 minutes to orgasm, but like sitting down and like carving out 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, a day, how much you can to like say like, I'm going to do something that feels good for me. And the goal 
again, moving away from the goal orientation of like, what was I doing and tapping into the feeling, you can sit down for 15 minutes and just run a feather around your body and like see where it feels good. And the goal does not have to be to orgasm. The goal mm-hmm. does not have to be to come. The goal could just be like, I just want to do, figure out what feels good to my body. Mm-hmm. And I think when we get to like explore, it really helps. I think we, we think about sex as this really serious thing. Media portrays us as like really intense, passionate, deep thing, which it can be, but it also can be fun and playful and creative. Mm-hmm. And when we're playing, we fall, we make mistakes, we have awkward moments, we find out things, things we laugh, we giggle, like, and allowing that energy to come into our sexual experiences, I think makes a difference. It creates space for exploration, for discovery for learning. And that's really what we need when we come to our sex. I love that you shared with us so many useful tips that we can do to kind of tune into our body and mm-hmm. kind of really paying attention to it. So when it comes sexually, we are still are still showing up in our bodies and are able to kind of experience sexual pleasure. So it's an added on versus like turning on and off your connection with your body. That's what we know. That's not how it works. I noticed we're toward the end of our time. And I bet our listeners would love to learn about the content that you have online, learn about yourself and your research and all the great things that you're doing. So where, where they can find you? Yeah, so I am the co-founder of Afrosexology. And so that's where I'm mostly doing work. And so Afro, A-F-R-O-S-E-X-O-L-O-G-Y. So our website, our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're constantly sharing really great content. We have such a beautiful community that are always having the great sex positive pleasure based conversations. And then me personally, Delicia saw like I'm one of a kind with my name. <laughs> so you can find find me pretty easily if you Google it, but it's just D-A-L-Y-C-H-I-A. And my last name is S-A-A-H. And so my website is deliciasaw.com. I'm the, yeah, the only one. So I get Delicia Saw at Gmail, you know, all of those <laughs> typical things because I don't have to find anyone else for the name. So that's Excellent. the Excellent. So I put a link, uh, the URL on the show notes. So if you guys want to check out uh, uh, Afrosexology, Delicia's website and all of those great content and her email is going to be on the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us permission to experience yeah. pleasure and showing up for ourselves in life. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day. You too. I hope you found my conversation with Delicia helpful. This was certainly a wonderful reminder for myself as well that incorporating pleasure in your life is not a one and done thing. Now, because of the arrangement that I made in my schedule, changes I made to make sure I'm doing pleasurable things in my daily life, I it doesn't by all means doesn't mean that I I've completed this task. I loved when she was talking about you know, when you're waking up in the morning, morning, connecting with your body and thinking about what I'm gonna wear, what am I gonna, how am I gonna show up in life, what I'm gonna, uh, what kind of makeup I'm gonna wear. So I I want to bring that kind of awareness in my life, and I hope this conversation was also inspiring for you as well. At the end, I wanted to ask you if if you like this show, please make sure you're subscribing, sharing it, and more importantly, leave us an honest review in iTunes. It's really helpful when you guys leaving a review on iTunes because it helps us to rank higher in iTunes and it helps us to reach a broader audience because that's how many of you guys found this show. Anyhow, I'm super grateful for every single one of you guys and I'll talk to you guys next week.
Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.